You're listening to a recent Abbey Theatre talk. You can get more information on future talks in the series by visiting abbeytheatre.ie. How's it going? Just as you guys clapped, two girls in the front row headbutted each other, which is a great way to start. <laughs> and we'll go on. <laughs> it's a real pleasure to be here, and thank you all so much for coming out. As Lisa mentioned, oh, they're mortified now. As Lisa mentioned, Elaine and I are actually uh, real friends. And um, I suppose I know Elaine for how many years do we know each other now? Ten or more? Fifteen, Fifteen, maybe. something yeah. like that. Something like that. And um, we are real friends. And Elaine is, uh, I suppose, one of, apart from being incredibly talented, she's one of the nicest people that I know. I would never tell that to her face, but I'll tell you guys. Uh, she's also um, just really considerate and thoughtful and, believe it or not, quite shy. So I knew doing this, when I was asked to do this, that Elaine would be, I suppose, shy and maybe a little bit awkward, a little bit uncomfortable, and being a good friend, I was delighted to be part of her discomfort, so that's why, <laughs> that's why I'm here. It's great. Uh, so I suppose we'll just kick off. Uh, we'll have a little chat, and then we'll open it up to the floor if you guys have any questions for Elaine. And um, let's start with, um, why do you write plays, Elaine? <laughs> Elaine said um, to me, she, I said, will we go through the questions now before? And she goes, no, 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 we'll wing it, we'll wing it. <laughs> and look at panic no, I'm like, why did I say that? I yeah. should have really thought this This through. is a hard one. Why do you um, write plays? Why do I write plays? Um, I don't know. I think when you, when you write full stop, it's something that you just have to do, you know? And um, uh, for some reason, the, the best way for me to write is, is through people talking to each other. I, I have tried to write kind of short stories and novels and all that sort of thing, but uh, they always just end up as scripts. Mm. So, and, and that's why I write plays, I suppose. Very good. Yeah. And You're you, like, how many questions have I got? This is going to yeah, be a long she's hour. answered a few of those now. <laughs> and I suppose another thing, uh, do you think what you do matters? Amy. I know. <laughs> we'll get to the easy ones in a while. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. On the grand scale? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, uh, what, what I like about writing is um, it's, it's when it's all done, because I don't actually like writing itself, you know? It, it's afterwards when you've had your play and it's been on and you're sitting up the back in the audience and you're watching the reaction and, you know, people kind of are talking to each other on the way out or something like that. Or some, somebody says something to you like, oh, that one in the play, oh, that's exactly like my aunt or my mother or something. And, the, and they recognise a little bit of someone they know or themselves or something. And I think that's what I like about it, that you've kind of tapped into something that everybody shares, you know? Yeah. Very, very cool. So I suppose we go back to the beginning. You are... <laughs> you. I met you, as we said, about 15 years ago. We were cast in a play together. The play will remain nameless. We're uh, still trying to blank we're still it trying out. To, yeah, <laughs> we're still trying to forget it. Um, can, uh, can I tell them what, what your part was? Oh, it was brilliant. This, was, this was, was my a, finest it, role. It was Amy's finest role. She was, class, uh, uh, she was cast as a blind woman. Mm -hmm. A blind prophet. A prophet. And what they did was they blacked up her eyes like a panda... <laughs> And her direction was, 
close your eyes. <laughs> and my job was to, ha- to bring you out by the hand every night and then bring you back off stage. And that was pretty much my job. And yeah, and I'll tell you how well she did her job. She let me loose on the stage. We were playing it in the round, and there were pillars also uh, in the thing. I, I'd say 50% of that play I delivered straight uh, my head against a pillar, thinking I was speaking to the masses. And she left me there, which I thought was really yeah, kind. Yeah, I kind of got bored a week. Yeah, and I was like, what, what can we do? <laughs> Liven it up a bit. So that was fun. And how did you become an actor, or why? What made you think, that's what I'll do, I really want to give this a go? Um, I was working, um, who was I working for at the time? Photophone. Yes, they were, they were called Aircell at the time. Oh, right. And I was bored out of my tree, and I started doing some drama classes at night, and I was doing um, journalism at night as well. And the drama classes kind of took over. We just had so much fun <laughs> acting the Messers, you know, that, and that's basically what it was. I don't think we even had scripts for the first two months. Mm. We just used to go in and play games and, you know, all that stuff with the balls and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, that's, that's basically what we did. And I met kind of people there who were really good fun. And uh, Brogan's probably played a big part in it as well. We used to go there every night after class. Brogan's is a pub. Sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. if you don't know. Um, so, yeah, and we just kind of got into it from there, and from there we start getting involved in profit share shows, and, and it just was a fun thing to do, and um, it kind of got to the stage in my job where I could either move up or move out, and my poor mother, much to her dismay, I moved out. Uh-huh. So she, um, and, and that's what I did. I said I'd take a year off, see how it was going, because a lot of people who had been in drama school were kind of coming out as well. We were at that age where people who had started drama school, maybe 18, 19, were, were finished and were out there auditioning. And we were all up for the same parts. And I was thinking, do you know what? Like, if they're going for it and I'm going for it and I'm getting seen for stuff, and sure, let's go, you know? Mm. And I had... I was in a couple of profit share shows and an agent came to see me. She took me on. And then I started getting put up for film and TV and got a few bits out of that and... That's how I got into it. So. And do you think having having been an actor uh, th- that has kind of influenced you as a writer? Do you, oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you, it's when you're like 22, 23, there's loads of roles to go for, you know. And there seems to be you're up for stuff every other week. You hit 26, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. things start going really quiet, and you're like, I'm 26. Like, you know what happened? Like that stuff has gone really quiet. But um, so we started kind of just messing around with scripts by ourselves, like writing stuff and, and seeing maybe we could do a few workshops with it. And, and I didn't tell anybody I was writing anything um, because I think a lot of people were shocked when they heard I had a play coming out. Mm. So um, and what I did then was I handed the script out when I'd finished it. And but let's before you oh, even sorry, say that, no, no, let's yeah. just so you, you initially started developing a script. Why? Uh, just purely for us to have something to do. For us and or for you? For you to have... Um, me and other people. Yeah. Because um, even a lot of the plays, there wouldn't be a lot of female parts. There might be one or two female parts mm-hmm. and the rest would be male parts or whatever. Um, and it was more just that we would have... I, also a script that we recognised. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I, mean, I remember you going to an audition 
and you used a piece from Lynn's yeah. first play, Little Gem, uh, which, we'll, which we'll move on to in, in a minute. But uh, she had uh, done a piece from it and uh, you were given a call back, but also you were stopped on the way out because they wanted to know, wh- wh- what's that? Where did it come yeah. from? What's that piece? So it was... Yeah, it was. Her I mean, own basically, piece. It, was a, it was a little part... Um, I wrote the monologue for that audition. What happened was the day before I got a phone call to say, um, you need to go in, you need to have a monologue prepared. And it's one of those things that you could be in the library for two days looking for a monologue that doesn't have to be linked, but really helps if it does, if it is linked for the audition, you know? Um, So I I said, oh, well, I've been working on this thing. Maybe I'll bring that in with me and and try it out. And it was, it, it ended up as... The kind of beginning of the Lorraine character, which is the mother, um, and basically what it was was um, a girl walking down Baggett Street who saw an old friend who was um, now a, I don't know whether it's a politically politically correct term to use, but a junkie <laughs> on on the street, and that they recognised each other, and that was that was the monologue that that I used, and then that turned into. Um, the mother and her relationship with her ex-husband. So, so I did that little part, and um, it went fine. And uh, I didn't actually get a call back. Hello. <laughs> yeah, you got I a call know, back. I know this is the part you where I say, say yeah, 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 I totally got, a call, got a call back. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I didn't get a call back. But when I was walking out, they did say, "Oh, we really like that script. What's it from?" Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh, it's just a little something I've been working on." They because said, that was the first moment that Elaine, that was the first time that I heard that Elaine was writing and uh, writing plays. That was the first time that you actually said uh, you were telling me that story and in that kind of admitted admit or acknowledged that you were actually yeah. writing stuff. Yeah. Because I remember you being quite bashful about it. Yeah. You were trying to pass it over, but also really kind of delighted. I was you totally would be. delighted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, if they had said it was crap, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know who wrote that. That was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> they gave me Conroy wrote that. <laughs> yeah. I don't so, uh, yeah, and no, it was, it was quite a shock to kind of think somebody thought it was good. You yeah. Know? So this is the question that I always hate. What are you now? Huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so d- d- uh, are you an actor or are you a writer? No. Are you both? So you are. I don't, I don't think I'm an actor anymore. I, I, I would act like this is the thing when people tell me that they're actors, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I always equate writing with being absolutely scared out of my wits. That when you put something out there, you're kind of handing a bit of yourself over. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and you you feel very vulnerable and you feel very like, oh God, everyone has a portal into my brain and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Um, as an actor, I never felt like that. I always felt like I was hiding behind someone else's words, someone else's characters. And people always said to me, well, then you're not doing it properly. <laughs> so um, I was like, all right, OK. <laughs> um, and, and the fact, I suppose, that uh, when I started writing, and it kind of, not that it happened easily, because nothing happens easily, mm but that the doors kind of all started opening very easily. So things started aligning Yeah, I kind of yeah. thought, this is probably the way to go, do you know? Cool. And, and once I started writing, like, even when I was an actor, I was never really into the theatre end of acting because for me to go out every single night and to find something new in a character, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I couldn't be dealing with that, you know? Whereas I liked doing all the research on the characters. Yeah. And once I kind of clicked who they were, where they were from, all that sort of stuff, the the game was over for yeah. me, do you know what I mean? Which is why I liked 
acting, I think, for film and TV because you only ever got to do it once and then he moved on and everything was fresh and you had to keep moving, you know? And if it was really crap, tough, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he was cast that. in a... And does anyone know who Samantha Mumba is or does, does anyone remember Samantha Mumba? Yeah, Elaine was cast in a film with Samantha, a zombie film with Samantha, Samantha Mumba. And uh, we were, I was going, God, that's fantastic, that's brilliant, and oh, how'd you get that, and rah, rah, rah. And uh, I remember it being the big thing, Elaine's doing a thing with Samantha Mumba, blah, blah, blah. And I was coming in today on the bus, and I was thinking, I wonder Samantha Mumba somewhere now, decked in Newbridge silverware, somewhere, <laughs> saying, Elaine Murphy, I, I, was in, I was in a film with her, I did a film with her. <laughs> I wonder, is she? I doubt it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I nice bet thought. she's in LA gone. No, yep. she's not, she's in Newbridge. She's <laughs> not right. Counting her bracelets, I don't know. <laughs> so you are now, I suppose you identify as a playwright. Yes. A female. Are you a female playwright or are you a, play, a playwright? And I does think gender I'm female. Ma- I know you are. <laughs> but we hear this all the time. She's a new female writer or a female playwright. Or this. So, I mean, does that, what's the deal there? Does gender make a difference, do you think? Or do you think uh, it does in people's perceptions? Or am I overthinking? I don't know. I don't Well... For some reason, it does seem to pop up a lot, mm-hmm. that, that word female. Um, and I think maybe it's because there wasn't a whole... Well, I don't know. Maybe there was, and I didn't know about them, but there wasn't a whole lot of us. But there seems to be a lot of us now, which is great. Like, there's yourself, there's Deirdre Kinnan, there's... You know, I went to a course about uh, maybe three years ago at the Axis in Ballymun, and it was all women. And Philly McMahon came in to talk to us. Do you know? And he was the only guy there. So, and, and there was like 10 of us or something. And um, everybody would be always saying, oh, where are all the female playwrights? I was like, they're in the access. We're, we're out of course. You know? It's strange because you're thinking every, they were there all along. But, yeah. uh, it's nice to finally... To but they are kind of like... I remember... Uh, sorry, I have baby brain. What's Stephanie's second name? <laughs> Safadine is my boyfriend. Um, Prison. Prison. Prisoner. That's the one. She was on it. Jodie was on it as well, Jodie O'Neill. Um, I was on it. I, you weren't there that day. But there was like, there was loads of us and they're all kind of still working away and they're all out there and and it just seems to be a little movement that we're, we're all kind of getting there together. Yeah, yeah. excellent stuff. Uh, so when you are writing, I suppose the, the, your process or your discipline, um, who do you write for? Um, myself, basically. For yourself? Yeah. 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 So when you're writing, um, you're thinking, you're, you're, you're pleasing, yeah, you know, you're... Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and it's a really hard... Th- well, I found it really hard second time round to try and write for myself because, especially when you read reviews, which I wouldn't recommend, but just <laughs> when you do read them, all of a sudden you have someone's opinion in your head and you're thinking, oh, maybe I won't do that or maybe I'll do this or maybe I'll do that. But eventually you have to just push all that out and just start writing why you, what you wanted to write. And yeah. one of the big things when I was writing Shush was um, I just wanted to make myself laugh. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's what I, what I wanted to do. Was, so I went in every day and wrecked my head trying to just kind of... Because Shush took such a long time. And I remember, I, I don't know whether you remember this, we have uh, coffee mornings on, on a Thursday in, in Six in the Attic. Yeah. And we just have a little kind of catch up to see what everyone's been doing all week. And we went in and for about four weeks in a row, I was on page 67. I'll Do you never remember forget that? page 67. Oh God, I just could not get off that page. And I was, every Thursday they'd be saying to me, you're still on 67. I was like, I'm still on 67. I just couldn't get off it. And it was just driving me insane. Um, and then once I eventually got over that, the rest of the play started 
fallen fallen into a shape. But yeah. it took. I was just sitting on that page for. I'd say that kind of got me for about two months. Easily, yeah. Yeah, and until that was sorted, nothing else fell into nothing place. Nothing else is moving. Yeah. So it's how many drafts? How many drafts did you do of shit? All together. Yeah. Um, I think the last draft was number nine. Number nine. Yeah. Wowzers. Yeah. And how do you, how do you? And this is a hard question. Not like how do you start, but in a way, how do you start? When do? Yeah. How do you start? How do you do that running thing? Well, how do you start? Do you have an idea first? And and how do you? When does it? When do you yeah. begin to flesh it out? When does it become? Move on from an idea and become a conversation, become yeah. um, a dialogue. Like how? Yeah. How does that? How do you work? Like, would say, little Gem, I had that idea of the person passing that person in the street, and mm-hmm. and that grew into like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I touch it. We weren't doing anything. So we had a, a had an idea for that, and that turned into a husband and a wife, and and I tried to build a story around that. And you, you get to a point where you might have an idea for a character. You might The character might just live with you a little bit. Bless you. Um, and you might just like what they do or the way they say something. And I always think if you can get past 30 pages, you have a play. But sometimes you'll only get 10 or 15 pages or 20 pages. And that's another little script that's going to wait in the drawer for another day. Mm-hmm. Or something you can rob from later on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's never wasted, but um, I think once you get over the 30 pages, all of a sudden you have a play. Yeah, you're on, you're on, your, yeah. You're on your way. Yeah. And uh, do, you, um, do you take on much mentoring when you're working? I know it's different because the first time, the first, Elaine's first play, uh, she wrote um, off her own back, really. Yeah. And I know you were mentored sli- or pushed in, you know, with that a little bit, yeah. weren't you? And then mm, maybe not. No, it's kind of... Yeah, no, I did get it. I had a really good sense of what it was and, and what it was going. And then it, it was basically what it was, was the three monologues were like the young character, the middle character and the grandmother. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, why don't you just cut them up rather than have the three long monologues together? Yeah. You know, yeah, just... And that really kind of turned the play. It made it a little bit quicker because it is sometimes hard to stick with monologues, you know? Um, and it, it did kind of pick up the pace a little bit and mm-hmm. and uh, made it more linear, I suppose. Very. And this play, Shush, was a commissioned piece. Yeah. So um, how did that work? Did that did that make push you to work faster? Like, does, it, does a deadline help, do you think? Um, not in this case. Close your eyes, ears, <laughs> Brian Delaney. <laughs> um, I, I had the first draft of this written before I took the commission. So I had a really good idea okay. of what I wanted it to be. And um, when I went to AD and I said, you know, do you like it? And she was like, yeah, what do you want me to do with it? <laughs> you know, so uh, um, I said, oh, if, if you like it, then I, I'll, I'll go ahead and finish it. Because I think commissions are very hard if you don't know really what you want to do. And other people don't really know what they want to do. And if it's kind of up in the air, there's a bit of like, oh, well, we thought you meant that. And... Now you're changing your mind, and mm-hmm. so I think you're better off having a good idea of what you want to do. Well, what the piece is, so you're writing it for is. yourself. So you're writing it for yourself, and then if they like it, they can come on board, which was great. Um, a few things happened during this commission that kind of side-railed me. I kind of went missing for a year, and um, so that was 
unfortunate, but we got back on track and mm -hmm. uh, I got it finished. Yeah. So, yeah. and do you have any? Uh, do you have a routine? Do you uh, like? Um, do you work nine to five? Do you, like? Do you have set hours, or do you work when you feel? Uh, you know, when, when, when you feel ready to work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I tend to write when I feel ready to write. Now, that's not the same as waiting for inspiration to strike, because if you wait for that, that's never going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could be waiting all year for that to come along. So what I do is I, I tend to write in bursts, and I can feel them bursts coming along, because for a couple of weeks before, I'll, I'll read everything, or I'll, I'll anything that is related to the subject that I'm doing I'll read everything about and I'll kind of go off and digest that a little bit and then when I'm ready to start writing then I put everything away I don't read anything I don't do anything I just write and that might be only for a day or two or it might be for two weeks or whatever it is and then once that's done I put that away and then go back and kind of start reading stuff again and and um give it a bit of distance then, and then I go back to the script and think, okay, is there anything here that's working, that's not working, that's not ringing true? So even you know? when you're not writing, you, you are writing, because you're thinking... You're, you're, you're always, you're always thinking, thinking about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. you're always thinking about it, yeah. Let's go back a little bit and talk about Little Gem. We, talk, we, we kind of talked about all its success, and we talked about... Um, we've dipped in and out of it, but... I mean, Little Gem was massive. It was an absolutely massive success. I don't know if I hope people here saw it, but um, and I suppose the the real joy in that is the absolute surprise because nobody saw it coming and nobody knew it was going to happen, and then bang, bang. it blew up. Uh, can you tell us a little bit how that a little bit of how that felt? Um, it was it was kind of crazy, mm -hmm. and, but it was when you say bang, I I know like. Three years is a long bang, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like nothing, like nothing kind of happens overnight, do you know yeah. what I mean? But in fairness, we, we went out to the Civic and um, we, we were in the loose end and we had like, I think the first night we had like 40 people there or even less, maybe 30 or something. And uh, it was grand, it went okay, you know, mm -hmm. it was fine. And then... The actors kind of had a couple of nights with it out there. We moved into, uh, we were doing the Dublin Fringe, then we were opening in the Project Cube on the Wednesday. The opening night went fine. Everything was grand. Uh, I remember going in on the Thursday. And the Thursday, it was kind of the first night that um, I suppose people outside your peers would have seen it. Yeah. So, like, I, I really recruited everybody I knew that I used to work with, you know, that wouldn't necessarily go to the theatre, who probably didn't even know where the project was mm -hmm. until I started harassing them, like, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go. So, um, and I remember going into the project that night and talking to the girl at the box office, and she had a little monitor behind her, and uh, all the people were clapping and standing up, and I was like, <gasps> what's on upstairs? And she went, oh, no, that's your play. And I was like, what? They're standing? And she was like, yeah. And I was like... So then I knew we were we were hitting on something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. up until then it was all very, oh yes, that's very nice. And you know, yeah. there was but up well, until from then. your work, it's you have, um, and I think it's why people really relate to your work as well. You have such a fantastic, you're so, you're such a you have such a fantastic observational skill. You know, you really do. Um, you've your eye on the detail, and you you have such brilliant observations in it. And uh, I suppose monologue can serve that. 
that particularly well. Mm-hmm. Do you fi- did you find it hard or difficult to move away from that form and maintain the integrity of yeah. what you liked about and what other people liked about Little Gem when moving on into writing yeah. Shush? Yeah, the, w- dialogue is really hard to write. <laughs> and um, it's funny because when, you, when you're writing dialogue, uh, like monologue is great because it it's always one person's point of view and they're kind of telling the truth all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's in their head and all that sort of stuff. Dialogue, people never say what they mean. If they are saying one thing, they usually mean another. Mm-hmm. And I was totally confusing myself the whole time. I was like, what's that mean? What does she mean? Oh, wait, what does she know? And I'd be constantly you're, going back and mapping who knows what. You're constantly mapping manipulations, aren't you? Like, Completely, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and trying to set things up and... And, oh, they couldn't say that. Somebody else has to say that. And, you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff. You have to really stuff. keep your eye on them. It's really annoying, yeah. And it's hard because it's so easy to lose your way in that because yeah. you're trying to... You're thinking... You're, you're thinking three or four different levels with four or five different characters. So yeah. it's constant... Mire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Good stuff. That's why it took so long. <laughs> How long did it take? A long time. How long? Like three years. Three years. Yeah. Let's see. But, you know, when I say three years, like, I didn't go in every day. Well, except for that time when I was on page 67. Um, I didn't go in every day and work in it for three years. Like, I'd work on all different kind of stuff and put that in a drawer for three, four yeah. months or whatever and take it back out and... And we've all heard of the, uh, I suppose, the difficult second al- album syndrome. And would you have experienced anything mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, especially after Little Gem. And because it did so well, because it was the first one. And, you know, uh, and, and the gas thing is when something does really well, everyone thinks you automatically have a drawer full of stuff at home. And I didn't. It yeah. was my first one. Um, so there was no kind of, um, there was nothing to back it up, you know. And... Uh, so I, I was really like, um, you know, even my agent and stuff who took me on pretty much afterwards, I was like, yeah, I don't have anything else. <laughs> You're going to have to wait a little while until I think about what I'm going to do. Because, yeah. and, and that was the other thing as well. Like, I kind of jumped into a few things. I was like, yeah, I can totally write that. And I'm forgetting completely that it took me ages to write Little Gem. Yeah. Thinking that because that one came out and it did well, I can do another one in a month, yay, you know, and then you find out, like, you two can't. weeks in, you're like, oh, no, you can't do that, get out. <laughs> so. And did the shape of Shush reveal itself to you, or did you kind of know, like, it's set in the, it's it's real time, it's set in the, you know, the one evening, did yeah. you know that that was a very specific thing you wanted to do? Yeah, it was, yeah. it was definitely something I wanted to do, because the other, the other thing I wanted to try was, um, uh, to try and do something in one room, and um, not even for, because, I mean, obviously I didn't know at the time who, who'd be putting it on or anything yeah. else. So you always have these things in your head, like, keep it cheap. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But that's not what happened here, because the Abbey did a great job. <laughs> um, but uh, no, but it was more to test myself with dialogue, to keep it in one room. Don't take it out, don't take it out anywhere else. Don't... Um, put it in like don't be swapping scene changes and all this sort of stuff don't complicate it with that just try keep it in one room keep it about the relationships and uh, see if you can make yourself laugh and and that's and what was the trigger they're like the, the, you know the way you said with Little Gem and you might have already hit on this but and maybe I wasn't listening properly but yeah. the, the original trigger for Little Gem was that chance encounter on Talbot Street mm-hmm. uh, and there's always one there's always one nugget whether it's a, a point or whether it's an, an idea or whether it's a person or an emotional state there's always something you're mining for when you're working on something yeah. and what is that 
that point for Little Dem or not for Little Dem, for, for Shush. Shush. I, I'm trying to remember what it was. I, yeah, it was. It was writing about a character I'd seen on TV, in um, one of those more four shows. Now this will show What's you that? how good my research is. It's like, you know, like the rip-off channel from Channel Four. You know, more four, and they did like one of those really naff reality shows oh, about God. the hoarder next door. You know right, them? Yeah. And and the woman was, um, she was in her house, and her house was like wrecked, like just full of stuff. And the council had come in, and they were clearing it out, and um, they were, you know, they were pulling out stuff from twenty years ago. But she found a picture of herself. In a, a, she was in the chorus of a West End musical and she was living in this squalor, squal squalor basically and she just pulled it out and she just went I, I don't know what I would say to that girl if I met her now she said I just, I'm so embarrassed about how I ended up here do you know that kind mm -hmm. of way and it was just um, not that the main character Breda is like that but it was something of She's never expected to end up like... Yeah, she, yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing of you get yourself in situations and it's nobody just falls into things, do you know what I mean? It's, a it's little steps yeah. every day and all of a sudden you're, in, you're backed into a corner. And then it's little steps every day that get you out of that corner, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's what it was, was um, this main character, Brita, is kind of found herself in a, a dark place and it's to get herself out of it. And that's, that was the start of this character, that was the start of this play. And do you know, um, we see, as the audience, we see one night, um, do you know what happens the next day and the next day and the next day for, for Brida? Without, you don't have to tell us, but do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you do, yeah. 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 Do you do? I do, okay. yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you why the name Shush, but I kind of think it's, why the name Shush? <laughs> um, well, I can tell you, I could tell you why I think why the name Shush, but... Yeah, well, it did start off as something else, which I'm not going to talk about. And um, and then, basically, it was that thing of your very well-meaning friends. And I, I've been one of those very well-meaning <laughs> friends who, who just kind of barge right in and go, oh, this is all I have to do and everything will be grand. And, you know, it's like, if it was that easy, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and I, I suppose Shush came from the character Marie, who is Breda's best friend, who just wants to go in and shake her and just kind of be like, come on. Because you still like Marie. You can't help yeah. but really like Marie. She's funny and she's really entertaining, but you want to hit her and hug her at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. kind of like, you know, I think somebody called it frenemy or something. It's like, <laughs> you know, you know they mean well, but like they're just so annoying and you yeah. just, you're so glad they're not your friend. So do you have people <laughs> like... I, do you, are there people that you know that are very like these characters? Like, are there little parts of people you know in these characters or are they, I, or is there any of you in these yeah, characters? Yeah, I think it's more little bits of me, I think, yeah. you know, and, and of course there's little bits that you pick up on other people um, and that, that it all gets mixed up. But I think most of the time it's, it's bits of yourself yeah. that you don't like admitting to. Yeah. You know? so, so give it another name. Yeah, yeah. Like, just said that. Marie said that. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe it. <laughs> so this is, your, as we said, it's your second play yeah. and it's the main stage in our National Theatre. Yes. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> is that a daunting thing? Is that, yes, or is that an exciting daunting. thing? It's very is exciting. It, yeah. It's very daunting. It's, um, did, it, did it 
bear on I'm you a little bit when you were writing it? I'm glad I didn't know it before I was writing yeah. it. But when you were, when you were redrafting, did it sit on you a little bit? Because it's a... It's, oh Jesus. Like no, because I didn't know right till the end, so I was delighted okay. that I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, because, I mean, I mean, that's the great thing about commissions. You don't know until... You're finally finished. Do you know what I mean? But even though you, but you knew who you had commissioned you. So did you? Did that have any bearing? No, obviously not. Yeah, no, it did. It did. But I always kind of just had that mm-hmm. vision of the peacock, and and you know, that's where it would be or what, whatever. So that was. And just, I guess it's the scale. That this is just. A yeah, the scale is just big. It's, yeah. and there's just kind of nowhere to hide. If you're on the national theatre stage, it's it's such a huge, like I mean the. The people, the amount of people who saw this show in the first week of previews was pretty much everyone who saw Little Gem in the first two years. Do you know what I mean? Wow. So when you think of it like that, yeah, yeah. Um, like when we finished Little Gem, we were doing the Olympia, which was huge. But for the first two years, we were doing a lot of smaller venues that would hold 100 or 200 people or whatever. And um, I remember just looking at all the people in the previews going, oh God, you know, and... Um, I felt like kissing every one of them as they walked in the door. <laughs> you know, I was like, thank you for coming. Uh, but, uh, but you had yeah. already built up a relationship with the Abbey because you had written um, a short play for the Fairer Sex yeah, uh, in, in 2009. Yeah. yeah, so at least it wasn't... You kind of had... Yeah, and there. that was actually really good because when you do the short plays, you get a really nice introduction into the Abbey. So, like, when you kind of... come, Like, if you were to walk into the Abbey, you'd be thinking oh, it's such a big institution and all that sort of stuff and, you know, all the history that goes with it and everything else. But when you go into the short plays, you meet everybody. You meet, like, Aideen, the literary director. You meet, you're paired up with a director for the week, like, for the couple of days that you're doing your short play. You meet cast. You, you do all you're that sort involved. of stuff yeah. on, a, on a much smaller scale. So it's, it's a really nice entry into the world. And then when you kind of get in here and you're doing your commission... It doesn't feel as daunting. big or as daunting or yeah. anything like that. Well, it still feels big, but it, it, you know, everybody has a name and a face as opposed to the happy, you know. So that's kind of nice. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Um, you have in both your plays, uh, you have an all-female cast, um, which I don't. I, to me. It's not something that I kind of sit there and kind of go, you know, I don't think that it's, I don't believe that it's a pointed or a d- deliberate thing. Mm-hmm. But is it, do you think that it is? Or, I mean, is there, um, a re- I mean, I know, I understand how Little Gem became Little Gem because that's the way you, you've already explained, that's how you were thinking. Yeah. Is that a very deliberate thing for you? Or is it just, it, that's what served these stories and it's not It's a, It's yeah. what served these stories. I don't think, um, like... I don't think a male character would have worked in this play mm-hmm. because a man just wouldn't have... I don't think a man would have gone into that room, do you know what I mean? He'd be like, I'll wait outside until they're finished, you know? Yeah. It'd be like, um, yeah. Whereas uh, I think women um, kind of think a lot more about things and, and would get more involved in each other's business, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I don't think blokes would and wouldn't understand you getting in, in on or that. Why you'd even want to. Yeah, like what, what you're doing. It's none so, of your business. Yeah. yeah. Your writing is so remarkably funny. I mean, you are just funny. And uh, do you think that there's a snobbery towards comedic writing or do you think... Um, yeah, do I you? do. I, I do actually yeah. because um, comedic... Like if you're trying to write something funny... Uh, but your shows are like, I, I must say, Elaine's shows are outstandingly funny but they're also driving somewhere very real you know so it's not yeah. it's not just funny for the sake of funny it's on your on your way yeah, somewhere no, they're, they're but funny you do it in a very funny way 
there's it's PEA can have some wine. Um, they're funny because it's kind of real people going through real things as opposed to. Mm. You know, just being funny for the sake of being funny, and I, I think it's really hard. To, it'd be really hard to write like that, anyway. I think just funny for the sake. Yeah, of Yeah, just like that's pretty much impossible. I would, I would think. Unless well, you do, sure. do stand up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. But even stand up, I think, has is rooted in something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, what was the question again? <laughs> just is there? A, do you think there's a snobbery? Yes, towards there is. Uh, yeah, I do. And and how have you? Do you? Is that something that's very palpable to you, or? Like, is it very real to you? I, or is I it something you kind of know and just don't think about it because... I don't think about it that much, to be honest. Mm. Like, I I think there's light and shade and everything. And even in everyday life, there's light and shade and everything. I mean, even if you go to a funeral, oh, there's some fun to be had at a funeral. Like, that's, like, not a nice thing to say, but, but like, yeah. it, it is kind of funny. Like, because you meet up with people fun, yeah. in... You know, so all tense, in the tensest of situations, exactly. there's only one there's way to always, do it to let the air out. You can go one way or the other, like you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we we do that a lot. Um, we use humour to diffuse a lot of situations. Oh yeah. So, um, and I think it's really hard to write that sort of stuff, you know, um, and especially to line stuff up further further along the line, you know. So there's a payoff and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying dramatic writing isn't. Uh, like well, I think you do. Stuff. I think you do write dramatic writing. Just yeah. it's peppered with infinite amount of humour, also. Yeah. Do you know? But I know. But, but yeah, no. But they're just as hard as each other. I don't think it's easy to write either of them. Hmm. Do you know? I think they're just as hard as each other. Do you have? Are you working on something new? Do you have any? Are you? And you don't have to tell us exactly what it is. But are, have you something else in your mind that you're yeah. chasing and you know you're working on something? Yeah, I usually work in like two or three things together. Yeah, that's why they take so long. <laughs> um, and, and it takes a while for kind of one of them to win out. So as I said, like if you have 30 pages of something and it's not going any further, that may sit in a drawer for a year, you know. And do you have anyone so, that helps you? Do you have like, are you people that you're comfortable showing your work to? Um, and, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think as well, you should always be really careful about who you show your work to. Mm -hmm. Because... Um, Somebody said to me right at the beginning, you know, if, if your car breaks down, you wouldn't be bringing it up to your ma going, what do you think? What do you think of my car? And, the, you know, bring it to a mechanic who yeah. knows what they're talking about. And, yeah. who's, you know, and, you know, they won't be looking for pieces of themselves in it or something. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's not about you. Um, so, yeah, people were always... Uh, so that was really good advice I got at the beginning. Yeah. And, and I think the more... Not the... What piece of advice have you been given that you has been no help at all? Sorry to cut you off. No help at all. Yeah. There's loads of that. <laughs> uh, oh, like write at a, a specific time every day, like put off like between nine and one or blah blah blah. You know all this stuff. Like whatever works for you works for you. You know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah. There's lo You don't remember it. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, it's you like, let it, go. it doesn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, no, just be really careful about who you give your stuff out to, mm -hmm. I think. Because the other thing as well is that people who don't kind of write, first drafts, second drafts, thir even third drafts yeah. are crap. Like, they really are. They're terrible. And, and you, hard to envision off the page. Yeah. yeah. And you really need somebody who can see through all that, that there's, there's something here. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas if somebody who doesn't really work in that area or whatever is looking at it, they're like, no, this is rubbish. Like, they kind of want the finished product straight away. And, um, yeah, so just be really careful about that. Be really careful about your early drafts. 
that you only let a certain amount of people see them because yeah if any Mm -hmm. well i mean i think sometimes it's nice to get a second opinion thanks for listening you'll find many more abbey theater talks available to listen back to along with details of future talks in the series by visiting our website abbeytheatre.ie